ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Being a big boy, you just you just have to use your strengths there. Just run hard. That's Melbourne enforcer Nelson Asofa Solomona explaining the footy simple. Just run hard. Penrith 5-8, Jerome Luai is on notice. His sore shoulder is going to get a workout. Footy doesn't come much more fierce than preliminary final weekend. So can the Storm spring a surprise against Penrith? Will the Wars stay up against the red-hot Broncos in the AFL? We're wondering if the Giants can keep the big, big sound blaring against the Pies. And could the Blues ambush the Lions? We're going to forecast it all, plus sound bites. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Four teams remain in the NRL. Who will go through to the grand final? Channel 9 reporter Zach Bailey is here to preview an enormous weekend of rugby league. Zach, Jerome Luai, he's been the story, recovered from that dislocated shoulder incredibly. How much will the Storm target him Friday night? Well, Stucky, it's a great question. Craig Bellamy uh, yesterday said uh, that he's going to send plenty of traffic his way. Oh, we'd like to see him make a few tackles, so um, we'll see how that goes. None of them come bigger than uh, Nelson Asifa-Solomona, who is an absolute giant. Generally plays in the middle, but he may go out to the edge and, and really target Luai. There's no doubt the Storm are going to go after him. We asked Ivan Cleary yesterday how they plan to protect Luai and he said it's not time to discuss strategies given how big a game it is. But one thing that Penrith are so good at is almost like what Melbourne have been good at over the last decade and protecting the players when they need to and going after players when they need to as well. So if the Storm go after Jerome Luai, then the Panthers might free up Nathan Cleary and Dylan Edwards and Stephen Crichton and those other players. So Luai, he'll get plenty of traffic. We saw some fresh vision yesterday for the first time of him actually testing out the injured shoulder. Ivan Cleary was trying to play it down. Yeah, what's the, he was always going to play. So As I said, this has been coming for four weeks. So. But there's no doubt that Jerome Luai won't be 100% in this game. They've got Jack Cogger on the bench as cover just in case he doesn't get through it. But right now it looks like a huge in for the Panthers. I very much enjoyed the Warriors' Dylan Walker talking up the Broncos' Reese Walsh this week. Not so much his football, but his pretty eyes and glorious hair. But for all his wonderful aesthetics, is his game the key to this prelim? Uh, well, it pretty much is because we know from what we've seen this year, when Reese Walsh fires, so do the Broncos. And it's not just him. It's the key players in that spine. It's Adam Reynolds, it's Ezra Mam, and then it's freeing up Reese Walsh at the back. The one thing I will say, those comments, yes, he's beautiful man. He's got beautiful eyes, beautiful hair, beautiful skill. He's an even more beautiful footballer, is that he loves the attention. Every time a player or a team has gone after him, even in week one of the finals when the Storm went after him, he lapped it up and it actually made him and the Broncos a better team because he said, come on, bring it on. Second man, Walsh beats one, beats two. Reese Lightning strikes in the finals to put Brisbane 12-0 ahead. He danced left, he jived right, and he lights up Lang Park. So if Reese Walsh has a good game, then there's no doubt the Broncos will win at Suncorp Stadium. Neither you or I like the idea of divorce, but sometimes your mate gets divorced and he gets married for a second time and it actually works out for the better. Tell me why that analogy is so prescient to the Warriors-Broncos fixture. Yeah, well, firstly, Sean Johnson, when he left the Warriors, was an ugly divorce. Nobody thought he would ever go back to the Warriors. He went to the Sharks and then out of nowhere, basically, they patched things up behind the scenes 
he's gone back there. And when I've interviewed him or when he went back there at the start of last year, I said, you know, if you go back there now, it's the fairy tale makeup. And, you know, Sean Johnson's coming home, but he said, look, it's a fairy tale now, but if we lose and we don't make the eight, then everyone's going to say how bad a signing it was. Well, it's proven to be one of the best signings ever and one of the best second marriages ever because he is absolutely flying at the moment and he's led the Warriors to their first prelim in more than a decade. On the flip side, Adam Reynolds let go by South Sydney, the club that he played all his junior footy with, could be one of the biggest blunders ever in their history, letting him go. Now he's leading another team that wasn't expected to be here in prelim final week, potentially to their first grand final in years as well. So the tale of the story between Sean Johnson and Adam Reynolds is just an enthralling one. Two 33-year-old halfbacks that we thought wouldn't be in the best form of their career, but they are, and they're leading their team uh, potentially to a grand final this weekend. Halfbacks learning to love again. I love the subplot. Zach Bailey, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Ducky. A reminder, every game of NRL live and ad-free on the ABC Listen app. Just a quick hit on the Rugby World Cup, and it feels like many sports fans have already tuned out on the Wallabies, but it is difficult to overstate how big the Monday morning clash with Wales could be for Eddie Jones and Rugby Australia. To this point, it's been hard to escape the sense that Jones has been gaslighting rugby fans. Talking about an unlikely smash-and-grab World Cup campaign only to drop experienced heads like Michael Hooper, Bernard Foley, Quade Cooper, etc. It's resulted in growing frustrations, as underlined by former Wallaby Drew Mitchell's enormous spray on a rugby podcast this week after Jones said he took full responsibility for the loss to Fiji. Eddie sits there and goes, yeah, it's, it's my fault. I take full responsibility. What the f*** does that mean, though? Like, he doesn't get dropped this week. He's not not coaching next week. Like, it's just like an empty f- line at a, in a press conference. Yeah, I take full responsibility. Like, what does that equate to? Like, nothing. You, you've made some glaring decisions around Quaid, uh, around Michael Hooper, captaincy, there's six captains in seven weeks. Like, f- explain some of these decisions to us. Because as fans, we're all sitting here scratching our head. And a lot of the time, we can sit there and defend Eddie or the Wallabies because we can understand logic in some of these decisions. But there's none of it. We're, we're seeing the result of you not picking some of these guys. Tellingly, Jones has changed his language around the squad. In an interview with News Corp on Friday, he began to talk about rebuilding and putting down foundations. It's a bit of a shift, and it comes at a time where Rugby Australia's financial picture is looking increasingly shaky, with reports a potential deal with private equity firms has failed to generate the level of investment they were hoping for. It's all on pause. So much at stake against Wales on Monday. Corbin Middlemass calls footy in the great city of Melbourne. He is here to give us an enormous prelim preview. Corby, the Giants and the Pies lead things off Friday night. The vibe team of the finals right now, that's the Giants. The hype around them is that they love the road. They're Jack Kerouac in footy jumpers, free spirits, forever away from home and loving it. The reality is they're going to have to beat the Pies in front of 90,000 rabid fans. Are you buying the hype or are you buying the reality? In a way, uh, they've created their own hype. The hype that they've been able to create is their reality. And I think they've got a lot of um, support from neutral footy fans who have really thrown their weight behind the Giants, and particularly in this kind of scenario uh, where they're coming up against Collingwood and everyone loves to hate Collingwood. That's great for people that are sitting at home in front of the TV. But as you pointed out, it's going to be very different for them inside the cauldron of the MCG. 
It is something they faced once before, and the comparison that everyone's drawing is that 2017 preliminary final in which Kane Lambert for the Tigers kicked the first goal against the Giants, 100,000 in the house, just about all of them supporting Richmond. You know, chatting to people that played for GWS that day, they, they said that it was like an experience they'd, they'd clearly never had in the past. Now, I think that is absolutely a factor going into tonight's game. Yes, they've got a great record on the road and they've been able to, to win in a number of different places, but Collingwood have been a power team all year at the MCG. There's a reason for that. They're well-rested up against a GWS team who's coming off the back of you know short trips with travel in succession. So I think all those things sort of point towards Collingwood being a, a rightful favourite for Friday night footy. Two keys for the Pies, Darcy Moore and Nick Dacos. Will the Giants tag the returning Dacos? And how hampered will Moore be? He had 41 last time these two teams met, which was on Mother's Day. So you have to go back a fair way. There was the famous Julie McCreary game. I don't know if you remember that, where uh, the mother of Bone McCreary came in and delivered a, a passionate speech to the Collingwood team before the game started. Believe in yourselves. Believe in each other. Chase that ball. <laughs> Tackle hard. It's fair to say GWS are a completely different team from that point. So that sort of ancient, unimportant history. And Adam Kingsley said during the week, look, we're not going to focus too much on Nick Dacos. Yeah, well, it's still a little bit uncertain as to where he lines up. So we've got our plans around where he could line up. To be fair, we're not going to focus too much on, on him. You know, we're going to focus on ourselves. As I said, we've got plans for him wherever he goes to, to try and manage him. But he's a, he's a wonderful player. And I think that's as interesting as anything is, does he start at the centre bounce and play in the midfield where he was before he got injured? Or will he go back to a back flank and try and find the speed of the game from there? So I'm not sure they have an answer for him off the back flank. If he goes in and around the midfield, maybe Callan Ward goes to him. And I guess the greater mystery is going to be Darcy Moore as to what kind of injury that is. So it looks like a wrist tendon complaint. He hasn't done a whole lot during the week. He was largely a spectator at training. How much that's actually going to hamper him tonight is going to be the, the great intrigue, particularly when he's playing a key role in defence up against a GWS forward line that is absolutely in form, having uh, seen them kick a, yeah, a massive score in recent weeks. It all flows through Michael Voss on Saturday. Is the former Lion King about to ambush Brisbane at the Gabba and how might he do it? Well, he's going to have plenty of support. So it looks like there's going to be 14,000 Carlton fans there. So we talk about the lopsided nature of the crowd at the MCG on Friday night. It's going to be almost 50-50 come the Gabba on Saturday twilight. So a number of Blues fans will be making the trip. But the storyline is so rich surrounding Voss, isn't it? A guy who's been able to really build the Brisbane Lions into the football club they are today, leading that great dynasty in the early noughties. And now, of course, he's trying to break a long premiership drought at Carlton. But without doubt, the person that's going there is a Carlton person. So. And not just the fact that he's there to try and snap this you know, long period where they haven't played in a grand final now in 24 years, but the fact that he's resurrected it in season. You only have to go back to round 14 to think that this team was you know, bottom four on the ladder. And now they find themselves in the last four and a chance to try and make it through to the last two. Brisbane, again, I feel you know, quite rightfully a solid favourite here. They haven't lost at home all year. And Carlton are a little banged up. So that's going to be the big question, sort of how much pain is Patrick Cripps playing through? He's got that guard on his ribs, which he's been wearing for the last couple of weeks. And then, of course, the shoulder injuries to Akers and Doherty and, and how much that's going to hurt the Blues' chances coming into that game on uh, on Saturday afternoon. So... 
feels like all the pressure is very much on, on Brisbane in a way, given the fact that they're at home, they've had the week off, they're expected to win. Can they get it done against a banged-up Carlton team? We're about to find out. You can catch that game and all AFL games on the ABC Listen app this weekend called Middlemass. Thanks so much for your time. Anytime. Time for sound bites. At this point, we are more than a little bit suspicious about Robbie Williams' videos regarding the AFL final series. But hey, do you really care when he's belting out tunes about Carlton like this? The Conings in the air, everywhere I look around. The Conings everywhere, leaving bodies on the ground. And he's better than his brother, even better than his dad. There's only one Thomas DeConin, and he's the best one we'll ever have. is in the air. That's good gear. Nothing confected about the Waz movement. It has even infiltrated the PGA Tour. Have a listen to fans of Kiwi golfer Ryan Fox at the BMW Championship. Up the Waz! Certainly beats Get In The Hole. Have you heard the Up The Wires song, by the way? Wonderfully random stuff. Apologies for getting that stuck in your head. In cricket, Travis Head, his injury has some asking skipper Pat Cummins if he's thinking about Marnus Labuschagne as a World Cup option. Marnus is always ringing in my head. 24 hours a day. Um. Always good to be in the skipper's thoughts. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Thanks to the Good Bad Rugby podcast, Collingwood FC, Robbie Williams, and alternative commentary collective New Zealand on Instagram. Oh, and Natalia Hunt on the TikTok machine. Thanks for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.